0: All right, this administration and our government as a whole are just out of control. There's no other way for me to describe the rhetoric coming out of our press secretary's mouth, the actions coming from the head of our DOJ in trying to silence FBI whistleblowers, or Gavin Newsom trying to completely destroy the energy grid of 40 million Californians by forcing them to drive the same electric vehicles that he is now asking them not to charge. Remember when Joe Biden campaigned on uniting and healing America? Well, his speechwriters, press secretary, and fellow Democrats should probably start with not calling half of us fascist extremists for not wanting to go along with the complete and utter insanity that is coming out of the Democratic Party every single day. And if you think I'm being dramatic with my rhetoric, here was our lovely lying press secretary just today.
1: And again, we see majority of Americans who disagree. And so when you are not with where majority of Americans are, then, you know, that is extreme. That is an extreme way of thinking.
0: Welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez. Thank you so much for tuning into this jam-packed episode. We have a lot going on, especially ahead of Joe Biden, who is going to be targeting MAGA Republicans in his primetime speech later tonight, ahead of the 2022 midterms. So we're going to be discussing this. We're going to be discussing the rhetoric that we are consistently seeing coming out of the Democrats mouth, how they are setting up Republicans or basically anybody with common sense who does not want to go along with failed Democrat policy as a domestic terrorist extremist. We're going to cover all of it. We're also going to touch on, again, the energy grid here in the U.S. set up to fail in Europe, how they are experiencing a similar energy crisis. We're going to delve into how electric vehicles are actually, surprise, surprise, not good for the climate and we are going to be touching on the reality of detransitioning and transgender surgeries for children. So we have a lot to get to today. But of course, before we do, please remember that you can also find this show on YouTube as well as Rumble. Our Rumble audience is growing every single day, and I am so happy that we have a platform where we can have this show. Keep in mind, we've been quadruple censored here on YouTube, but every single show still lives on Rumble censorship-free. So if you're not following me over there, please go remember to follow me on Rumble. Also remember you can find this show on podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are streamed. Also my website, SavSaysOfficial.com. Shout out as well to one of the sponsors of the show, Old Country Soap. I need to put the link below, but if you guys are looking for high-quality American-made soaps with tallow and bentonite clay, incredible for the skin, you are going to want to go check out oldcountrysoap.com. That is O-L-D-E-C-O-U-N-T-R-Y, soap.com, oldcountrysoap.com. Use coupon code SAV for a percentage off of your order. Now, let's go ahead and delve into the news because we have got a lot going on, again, regarding Joe Biden's primetime address to America. Now, before we even hear a word out of Joe Biden's mouth. I'm just going to go ahead and tell his speech writers to save time and just erratically run their hand over the keyboard because, you know, that's what Joe Biden's going to say anyway, and that's the way he's going to read the speech off the teleprompter. It's going to come out as this huge bumbled mess, so somebody call up Hunter Biden and tell him to get the good stuff out because Daddy Joe has to go up in front of America and pretend that he doesn't have dementia and that he's coherent. We all know that this is going to be a train wreck of a speech, and the rhetoric that has already come out of the Democratic Party regarding Joe Biden, our press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, has been um, unfriendly to their political opponents, to say the least. Now, CNN actually came out with a pretty truthful headline regarding what Joe Biden's primetime address tonight really is going to be about. They say Biden to issue a warning over American democracy and rare primetime speech, we have to defend it. And we this is actually a different headline from the one that I was looking at earlier. But it was basically like Joe Biden to accuse Republicans of extremist behavior. And again, we opened up the show with Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre saying, hey, if you don't agree with the majority of Americans, then you're just an extremist. What do you mean you don't want to apply to our groupthink? What do you mean you don't want to give in to the propaganda? What do you mean you don't want to drink the Kool-Aid? I mean, yeah, it's probably true that the majority of the masses don't actually adhere to what we're trying to push out because it absolutely makes no sense and everything is imploding. But also, if you don't listen to us, you're a fascist. And Joe Biden has already come out with the rhetoric saying that Republicans, that Trump supporters are semi-fascist. And what has been the response to that? Per the Gateway Pundit, breaking, Biden calls Republicans fascist. Three days later, leftist thugs vandalize the GOP office with eat SHIT fascist graffiti. Now, I don't need to highlight the hypocrisy of this type of rhetoric. And then, of course, Antifa types going and attacking Republican offices, attacking Trump supporters, because we lived through it for four years from 2016 to 2020, where it didn't matter if you were white, black, Hispanic, Asian. If you were wearing a MAGA hat, you were going to get punched in the face by an Antifa member. They made it very popular to say, punch a Nazi. But then again, if you were, uh, you know, a Republican and said, okay, well, this is why I have my Second Amendment right to defend myself from actual domestic terrorism. Terrorists Like Black Lives Matter that's burning down the entire country or Antifa, actual fascists who are coming and shutting me down because I oppose the government. When you say that, you are phrased as a domestic terrorist and extremist. And now we had Joe Biden and this was... Um, Two days ago, Joe Biden was giving a speech and he basically highlighted, okay the plan for how they are going to essentially label all of us domestic terrorists, disarm us and then use the police force to come in essentially and state their police state and um, take over. And I've been doing a lot of research into the Bolsheviks, into the brown shirts a lot of these parties right a lot of these subsets of people that were responsible for shutting down opposition to the communist party and that's exactly what we see every single day with black lives matter with antifa types who come in and shut down their political opposition because we have the audacity to think with our brains and see that everything around us is imploding and this is not how society should be so first let's jump into the rhetoric from joe biden regarding our Second Amendment, God-given constitutional rights to bear arms. Let's listen to Joe Biden and what he thinks about you and your ability to protect yourself.
2: And for those
3: brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America, keeping America's independent and safe, if you want to fight against a country, you need an F-15. You need something a little more than a gun. No, I'm not joking. Think about this. Think about the rationale we use. That's you.
0: Yeah, I'm not joking about this. Uh, If you think that your uh, firearms are going to protect you, well, you have another thing coming because if the government really wants to come down on you, just like, uh, you know, we're coming after Donald Trump, we're going to come raid you. We're going to come use F-15s and bomb you and nuke you and destroy you. Okay. And uh, again, people who may be tuning in for the first time might say, Sav, that's really extreme rhetoric. Is it Is it extreme rhetoric? Because I'm pretty sure that our DOJ is currently politically prosecuting uh, Donald Trump, persecuting, not prosecuting. Well, they're trying to prosecute him, but they're politically um, persecuting Donald Trump right now because he had the audacity to speak for the American people. We'll be getting into that momentarily. So Joe Biden comes out and says you basically are going to need a uh, gigantic fighter jet to go up against the government. Keep in mind that the Second Amendment was put in place to protect us from a tyrannical government, which I would go so far as to say we are living under right now a tyrannical and corrupt government. On top of that, Joe Biden also tweets, I am determined to ban assault weapons in this country. I did it once before and we will do it again. Couple this type of rhetoric with um, Joe Biden now backtracking on not defunding the police, but actually saying, yeah, we need to fund them. Let's listen to this clip, and then I'm going to explain how all of these things tie together. Let's listen.
4: When it comes to
3: public safety in this nation, the answer is not defund the police. It's fund the police. Fund the police.
0: So, uh, again, I'm not going to get into the hypocrisy of the tens of Democrats, okay? Okay across the nation who called to defund the police for the entirety of 2020. And then when they achieved that goal, their cities fell to crime. Criminals were running rampant, stores were being looted. We're still seeing this every single day in California and New York. Remember that Starbucks and multiple other companies have had to close their offices in San Francisco because crime is so out of control in these cities. Because again, the Soros funded district attorneys that are running those cities as well, soft on crime and continuously allow those criminals out of jail to continue terrorizing American cities. Um, so there's two points to be made here. Number one, Joe Biden campaigning on defu- or refunding the police. Sorry, I'm so used to saying defund the police when it comes to Democrat rhetoric, because that's typically and historically what they've said. But point number one is Joe Biden is campaigning on funding the police because he realizes that these cities are out of control, and that the only way that they're going to get some of the vote back is by reinstituting safety in cities. But what I really think that this is, is point number two. And that's the fact that Joe Biden just called to disarm you. Joe Biden and his press secretary and his entire party have been calling Republicans and Trump supporters Nazis, okay, fascists. So it's very easy to connect the dots with this situation and understand where this leads to. You demonize your entire uh, political opponent party and political opponent. You disarm said people And then when they refuse to capitulate to your insanity and your political narrative, which is destroying our entire country and changing the demographic of our country, then we get jailed, we get imprisoned, and we get politically persecuted against. Going back to our press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, let's listen to her rhetoric surrounding people who voted for Donald Trump, like myself. The president thinks that there is an extremist threat to our democracy. Uh, The president has been
1: clear as he can be on that particular Piece. When we talk about a democracy, when we talk about our freedoms, uh, the way that he sees is the MAGA Republicans are the most energized part of the Republican Party. Uh, the, that extreme, this is an extreme threat to our democracy, to our freedom, uh, to our rights.
0: So I'm not going to sit here and say, well, Jean, Karine Jean-Pierre probably doesn't know what democracy means because if she knew what democracy means, then she would know that Trump supporters voting was real democracy. We're not going to take that route with this. What we are going to take the route of is the reality of what we're currently living through. And that is the fact that we are being run by a communist party right now. Joe Biden and the, the Democratic Party, Karine Jean-Pierre, they are straight up communists and we are being run by communists who are utilizing actual fascist fascistic tactics in our society today to silence their political opposition. Now, let's take a peek at the media as well before I really just put the cherry on top of this communist cake that we are all being served up and fed every single day. The media also complicit in pushing the propaganda and lies that Republicans, that Trump supporters are Nazis, are terrorists, are extremists that need to be silenced and need to be put down, essentially. Let's listen to this MSNBC contributor talk about how we're all Nazis. And I'm so tired of having to continuously show you guys these clips, but it's very important for for us to continuously highlight where we are at as a country. So, you know, when we are all in an actual gulag and people are being rounded up because we got disarmed, because we're being run by communist and authoritarian party which is currently in office right now nobody can say that they should be surprised by it because we informed you all of what was going on so let's listen to msnbc and then we're going to listen to old communist tactics as to how to silence your political opposition so you can understand the The next steps, right, of the current Communist Party that is running America right now.
2: Chapter, which is leading us into the election, this fight for the soul of our country, the fight for the soul of democracy. We are watching right now a very radical and extreme Republican Party mirror what we have seen in other places like Nazi Germany, like other places like the Bolsheviks. We have seen this playbook before. We have seen a ruling party try to use things like propaganda try to silence the free press, try to restrict what women can do. We have seen this play before, and it always ends disastrously,
0: Okay, so first off, the cognitive dissonance here is incredible. But second off, listen to the rhetoric of this MSNBC contributor discussing Republicans. Think about the rhetoric of Joe Biden, who has called a semi-fascist extremist. And then, of course, Corinne Jean-Pierre coming in, doubling down on unifying the country by calling half of us, uh, again, extremists. Listen to the old tactics of the Communist Party in regards to how they would silence their political opposition. And then you tell me that we're not being run by Freaking authoritarian communists as we speak in
3: 1943 the following directive was issued from party headquarters to all communists in the United States it read when certain obstructionists become too irritating label them after suitable build-ups as fascist or Nazi or anti-semitic and use the prestige of anti-fascist and tolerance organizations to discredit them in the public mind, Constantly associate those who oppose us with those names which already have a bad smell. The association will, after enough repetition, become fact in the public mind.
0: With enough repetition will become fact in the public mind. And these lies, this propaganda of anybody who has common sense and cares about America. Keep in mind that, you know, being a nationalist and caring about your country was not necessarily regarded as a bad thing. But now if you say you're an American nationalist and you care about your nation, you care about your country, you care about sovereignty and our borders, then you are labeled as a domestic extremist. And we are seeing again, one of the best test case examples of this is Joe Biden politically persecuting and sicking his DOJ against Donald Trump. Now, for those of us who have been paying attention, this started with the January 6th political prisoners who have already been rotting in jail and not given their due process of being you know granted a trial or being able to even defend themselves against this tyrannical authoritarian government. Okay, so this is not something that's central or unique to Donald Trump, but What we should understand with the persecution of Donald Trump is the levels that they're willing to go to to silence their political opposition. Now, from the post-millennial, Biden's DOJ released stage photos of the Mar-a-Lago documents. This happened earlier Actually, this just happened yesterday. We have been following this entire FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago for the past couple of weeks where Joe Biden essentially went after Trump because we all know that this corrupt government does not want him running in 2024 because they cannot compete against Donald Trump, because they cannot compete against an organic opponent who will actually come in and speak for the American people. Granted, Donald Trump is not perfect, and I don't agree with everything that he says, but he's a great test case a great example for us to look to as to what our government is willing to go to to silence their political opposition. So Biden's DOJ, of course, went and raided Donald Trump because he apparently had these super secret classified documents that were so secret, so classified, and just so important that they threw them across the floor and took pictures of them, put them on Twitter for the entire world and our uh, international enemies to see. These documents that Donald Trump had to be raided over, so important and so secretive that the DOJ threw them across the floor and posted them for everybody. On Tuesday, the Department of Justice filed its response to the request that a special master be appointed to independently review the documents seized during the raid of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence, saying that classified documents were likely concealed in the estate in violation of a grand jury subpoena. As part of their filing, they released a staged photo of the documents that were seized. And there's the photo for you guys right there, alongside uh Merrick Garland. Okay. So speaking of of Merrick Garland, the head of the DOJ, and just how corrupt our intelligence agencies have become here. Apparently, um, Merrick Garland sent a memo reminding DOJ employees of the policies around communications with Congress. And he basically goes on to say, hey, if you want to whistleblow regarding the corruption that is happening and that you are seeing in the FBI and the DOJ and any intelligence agency, just remember, legally, you're not allowed to do that. To which Tom Cotton responded, DOJ employees take notice. No matter what this memo says, you are protected by federal law if you contact my office to blow the whistle on the improper politicization of the Department of Justice by Merrick Garland and Joe Biden. So the Daily Wire writes an article about this as well. Arkansas GOP Senator Tom Cotton responded to Attorney General Merrick Garland's apparent attempt to prevent anyone from leaking information about his department after he told DOJ employees to obey restrictions about speaking to members of Congress. Garland wrote that he was reminding all department personnel of our existing policies regarding communications between the Justice Department and the Congress, citing the central justice manual provision that states communications between the department and Congress will be managed or coordinated by the Office of Legislative Affairs. The provision continues, except as provided in this chapter, no department employee may communicate with senators, representatives, congressional committees, or congressional staff without advanced coordination, consultation, and approval by OLA, to which, again, Tom Cotton fired off uh, a response saying, um, yeah, you will be protected by federal law if you would like to come out and blow the whistle regarding what is going on. I believe it was Jim Jordan who had 14 FBI whistleblowers come forward and say, hey, this is what's happening in our agency right now. It's not good. We don't know what to do about it. Please help us with the corruption that has spread like a cancer throughout all of these agencies. And why would Merrick Garland put this memo out? Why wouldn't Merrick Garland want whistleblowers to be exposing corruption within his own Own DOJ, probably because stories like this one keep coming out. From the New York Post, top FBI agent resigns amid claims he shielded Hunter Biden from probe. Wow, the FBI shielding Hunter Biden, big tech colluding with the Democratic Party and Joe Biden to censor information ahead of the election. That's not the only thing that they colluded with big tech to censor, by the way. The vaccines are another big thing. We'll be getting into that later. Uh, But back to this story, a top FBI agent at the Washington field office reportedly resigned from his post last week after facing intense scrutiny over allegations he helped shield Hunter Biden from criminal investigations into his laptop and business dealings. Timothy Thibault, an FBI assistant special agent in charge, was allegedly forced out after he was accused of political bias and his handling of probes involving President Biden's son. The agent was escorted out of the field office by at least two headquarter looking types last Friday. The FBI didn't immediately respond to comment. And um, yeah, that's probably why, right there, Merrick Garland doesn't want any more whistleblowers coming forward because they don't want the American public to know that the FBI is now being utilized to silence the truth about what's going on. Remember that Mark Zuckerberg just came out as well and admitted, yeah, Meta was in fact asked by the FBI to maybe, you know, silence some Russian disinformation. And we figured that's what the Hunter Biden story was. So we just kind of censored that ahead of the 2020 elections. Granted, after Americans found out that Hunter Biden was a uh, Burisma Ukraine-loving crackhead who uh, loves to, uh, you know, sleep with his dead brother's wife. Uh, yeah, we we, we just, uh, we really didn't want the American people to know that because they probably wouldn't have wanted to vote for Joe Biden, just like the polls that came out said. Yeah. So that's our DOJ. That's our FBI. Now, I always read your guys' commentary regarding how I can make this show better. And somebody said that they didn't like that. All I do is come up on the show and complain and I never offer solutions. So I've taken this into consideration and I do want to highlight the solutions that many Republican politicians are trying to take now ahead of, again, all of the political persecution, everything that we're seeing going on in the country per the Gateway Pundit, exclusive Arizona Republicans censure rogue FBI days after the Mar-a-Lago raid, call on state of Arizona to end cooperation with the FBI. Yes, my friends, this is the solution that we need. We are not a united country under Joe Biden. We are more divided than ever because Joe Biden has made it his life goal and mission to further splinter this country into two separate factions one faction loves the propaganda they love the vaccination they love listening to the media they love high inflation rates they like their grocery store shelves empty and they just want to go ahead and blanket blame everything on putin and evil russia And then you have the other side of the country who says, you know what? We see what the FBI is doing. We see what the DOJ is doing. We see what the media is doing and manipulating our information and starting race wars. We see that an entire political party, aka Republicans, are being labeled as domestic terrorists. And historically, because we have two eyeballs and a brain and we can actually look back at what has typically happened when communists have taken over and silenced their political opposition, millions of people typically die because we know that that is a historic Historical example of where our country is headed. We do not want this. So this is the solution, my friends. It is politicians standing up for the American people and censuring the rogue FBI after they overreach and they politically persecute Donald Trump because they don't want him running ahead of 2024. It is Americans getting loud and going to their city council meetings and going, and standing up for the children who are being sexualized and exploited by LGBTQ teachers across the nation. It is you taking your community back. I hear so often, oh, I hate the city. I don't want to live here anymore. I grew up here. I was born here, but you know, liberals have taken it over, and I don't want to be a part of the city anymore. I want to go move out into the middle of the woods, to which I would counter and say, no, that is your city. That is your home. That is your state. So you stay there and you fight for it. No more spineless Republicans, no more spineless conservatives You stand up, you have your voice heard and you push back against the lies, tyranny and corruption that we are being faced with every single day. Now, some of the people who could be very vocal about this are the residents of California. Now, the Babylon Bee does a really great job of predicting the future by basically thinking up the dumbest political policy they possibly could, putting it into a headline. And it's usually a joke, but because Gavin Newsom has negative 58 brain cells, he reads Babylon Bee headlines and he goes, that's a good, that's a good idea. That is a great idea. Somebody implement this immediately because that's what we need to be doing in California. Now, the Babylon Bee put this out in September of 2020. They said a state with no electricity orders everyone to drive cars that run on electricity. And then they have Gavin Newsom's pretty American psycho face as the headline for that. Now, remember in our last show, we did talk about how I believe it was um, in 2035 that Gavin Newsom wants to ban the sales of new gas-run cars to push electric vehicles on California residents. Well, what? Some 2 days after that announcement, we are now seeing developing California Power Grid officials warn of blackouts, urge residents to conserve energy, set thermostats to 78 degrees or higher, avoid using large appliances, and charging electric vehicles. Also turn off unnecessary lights. So, Gavin Newsom the state has almost 40 million residents, wants 40 million people to charge their electric vehicles on the same electric grid, the, the same grid that can't even handle propping up California and keeping it running right now without everybody driving an electric car. I can't explain to you Gavin Newsom's thought process behind this because it doesn't make sense. It's not supposed to make sense. It's the c- control, the demolition and destruction of America. And again, for those of you too who might say this is a really interesting situation, who could have thought of such a diabolical and idiotic plan? The, the World Economic Forum, okay? The United Nations, they have agenda 2030. go read into that. It all has to do with climate change and basically one world government, right? And I think that the energy crisis that is currently happening is the best example, uh, you know, in layman's terms of how a one world government would be ushered in. Now, essentially, he who controls the food controls the population, right? Well, it's similar to the energy grid. He who controls the energy controls the population as well. If you have one central government controlling the energy of an entire population, then that population is much more easily controlled. Now, before I go off on a whole tangent explaining that, let's read this Daily Wire article that again talks about California asking residents to avoid charging electric vehicles due to blackout risks days after unveiling new gas car ban. The Western United States is facing a likely prolonged and record heat wave that could lead to temperatures as high as 115 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, As a result, the California independent system operator is seeking to bring all available resources online to handle higher electricity demand and expects to issue voluntary energy conservation. So they try to highlight here that it's voluntary, but is it really voluntary, my friends? Well, in Denver, the... voluntary program that a lot of uh, the residents there opted into in case of a climate emergency doesn't seem too voluntary now. This comes from Denver 7 ABC. Thousands of Excel customers locked out of thermostats during energy emergency. 22,000 people lost control of temperatures in their homes for hours on Tuesday. During the dog days of summer, it's important to keep your home cool, but when thousands of Excel customers in Colorado tried adjusting their thermostats on Tuesday, they learned they had no control over the temperatures in their homes. Temperatures climbed into the 90s, which is why Tony Tallarico tried to crank up the air conditioning in his partner's um, Arvada home. That's when he saw a message on the thermostat stating that the temperature was locked due to an energy emergency. Normally, when we see a message like that, we're able to override it. But in this case, they were not. So the thermostat was locked in at 78 or 79. Now, I personally do not like digital thermostats. Yeah, cool. It's cool to have a Google Nest home where you can control the uh, temperature from your phone in bed. It's so convenient. Yeah, it's not so convenient when the government hacks into your... uh, your AC system and doesn't allow you to cool down your house because of the climate emergency that they helped perpetuate and create by not having a reliable energy grid, by not having reliable energy, by pushing in these failed green energy policies that don't work. And now you're suffering because of it. You think Joe Biden's White House is set at 78 or 79 degrees? No, but you can damn well bet that your apartment is great. Don't we love the World Economic Forum and all their green energy policies? Thanks, Greta Thunberg. I'm so glad we listened to an autistic 16-year-old about how we should run our entire country regarding energy. We're going to be getting into the reality of that in Europe right now because things aren't looking so good. But before we head over to international politics, let's hang out here at home for one more minute and watch this Tucker Carlson piece regarding the reality of electric vehicles. In my last show, I did talk about how detrimental. basically mining the different ingredients for car batteries is. Tucker Carlson did a great piece about this. Let's watch the reality of electric vehicles and their impact on the environment.
3: All you hear is you must do this because it's good for the environment, but that's a lie. It's measurably a lie. Electronic vehicles are terrible for the environment. Roger McGrath took the time to spell it out recently in Chronicles Magazine. As he noted, supplying the materials necessary for the battery of an electric car alone, just the battery, Requires, and we're quoting, processing using fossil fuels, of course, of at least 50 tons of ores. Ooh, it takes a lot of energy to process ore. A single battery for an electric car needs at least, quote, 30 pounds of lithium, 60 pounds of cobalt, 130 pounds of nickel, 90 pounds of copper, 190 pounds of graphite, and roughly 500 pounds of steel, aluminum, magnesium, plastic, and other materials, end quote. All of which are derived from mining. Oh, where's that mining gonna take place? Well, in third world countries with no environmental regulations whatsoever. How is this good for the environment? Speak slowly so we can understand. And yet in California, under Gavin Newsom's new order, every vehicle would require those materials. Here's the problem. We don't have that much lithium or cobalt in the United States. So where are those elements going to come from which are required for electric vehicles? Well, well lithium mines in China. Did you know the answer to that already? Probably did. And the Congo? Let's go exploit Africa so we can feel virtuous. As the New York Times reported last year, and we're quoting, production of raw materials like lithium, cobalt, and nickel that are essential to electronic vehicle technologies are often ruinous to land, water, wildlife, and people. End quote. And by the way, land, water, wildlife, and people are exactly the four things that the environmental lobby has no interest at all in. They don't care about the land, they don't care about the water, they don't care about the wildlife, and they don't care about the people. It's not about that at all. It's a religion. It's about making them feel like good people and increasing their control over you. Period.
0: And to highlight Tucker's point about how all of these organizations that are responsible for regulating environment and caring about the people... Just to highlight and drive that point home, let's take a peek at what is currently going on in Mississippi, where 180,000 people in Jackson will be without safe water for drinking or even brushing their teeth for an unknown period of time, per Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves. He said, don't drink the water. Close your mouth when you take a shower. That's what's currently going on in Mississippi. So if you, you know, you think if we had organizations responsible for uh, making sure people in the United States had clean drinking water that actually cared about the environment and, you know, how our entire society runs. You think that these types of issues wouldn't happen, but here we are. This tweet lays out perfectly the reality of where we're currently at as a society, right? There is no first world and third world anymore. There is the ascending world and there is the descending world. And this is the descending world. And again, he is highlighting Mississippi and how the residents over there do not have clean water to the point where they're like, yeah, don't even flush your toilet. I'm sorry. There's nothing that we can do for you guys. We sent billions of dollars overseas to Ukraine. And Mississippi looks like a third world country without clean water. Tell me again how much Joe Biden cares about America. Now, to highlight, what continuing to push these green energy policies here on our country is going to look like, we can look to Europe, who instituted quite a bit of this and are now sanctioning Russian oil and gas because of the war in Ukraine. Let's listen to one of the politicians in Germany regarding her stance on rising energy prices and who she's loyal to, the people of Germany or making herself feel better and look good in the public by standing with Ukraine. Listen to this clip.
4: But if I give the promise to people in Ukraine, we stand with you as long as you need us, then I want to deliver, no matter what my German voters think, but I want to deliver to the people of Ukraine. And this is why for me it's important to be always very frank and clear. And this means every measure I'm taking, I have to be clear that this holds on as long as Ukraine needs me. We are facing now a winter time where we will be challenged as democratic politicians. People will go on the street and say, we cannot pay our energy prices. And I will say, yes, I know, so we help you with social measures. But I don't want to say, okay, then we stop the sanctions against Russia. We will stand with Ukraine and this means the sanctions Will stay also in winter time, even if it gets really tough for po- politicians.
0: Even if it gets really tough for politicians. So this woman basically giving the middle finger to the German constituents that are going to be suffering as a result of the rising energy costs because they're sanctioning Russia right now. And remember how back in, I can't remember the year, it might have been 2019 when Donald Trump warned Germany not to be completely dependent on Russian oil and they laughed in his face. Yeah, Tucker Carlson again. You know, he's top dog for a reason, did a great segment on this. Let's listen to the reality of who is really going to be suffering in Europe, because it's not politicians like this woman here who's up on stage and is probably going to go drive off in her 10-man motorcade with all of her armed security guards while she preaches to you about climate change and how we all need to be, uh, you know, disarmed for the safety of society. Let's listen to Tucker Carlson, talk about the reality of green energy policy in Europe and who's really going to be suffering.
3: So when the French president announces that his people are facing the end of abundance, he's not talking about himself. He's not facing the end of abundance, none of them are. Macron and all of them understand they will always be rich and always be protected. They know that for certain. What's changed, what's so very interesting is that suddenly everyone else who's been paying attention can see that they were lying. They are frauds and the entire population of Europe now knows that. Donald Trump, his credit, whatever you think of him, caught on to this early. Four years ago, Trump warned Europe about its energy future during a speech at the United Nations. The German delegation laughed at him. Remember this? Germany will
5: become totally dependent on Russian energy if it does not immediately change course. Here in the Western Hemisphere, we are committed to maintaining our independence from the encroachment of expansionist foreign powers it has been the formal policy of our country since president monroe
3: oh they're laughing we have green parties here in europe you have no idea what you're talking about but they're not laughing anymore the europeans have discovered that the real threat to human civilization is not global warming it never was global warming the real threat to people is global cooling otherwise known As winter. Far more people freeze to death every year than die of heat. In 2019, for example, four times as many people died of cold as of heat.
0: So that's the reality of green energy policy in Europe. And now we are seeing more and more headlines uh, come out of the UK like this one, right? Boris can never be forgiven for sacrificing Britain to his net zero fantasy. We've already contributed billions to this elite pipe dream. And now we must suffer the hardship caused as it darkens into a nightmare. Callum from the UK says my mom owns a small cafe in Leicester. Her electricity bill has jumped from $12,000 a year to $64,000 a year. She is working out her options, but more than likely she will be forced to close. So great job, Greta Thunberg. Great job to all of the politicians who have pushed green energy policy. You are now destroying small businesses. But of course, that was your ultimate plan anyway, because we want the corporations who, again, are in bed with big government to succeed while small businesses and independent people who are independent from the government and try to make a living on their own outside of this socialist communist system they're eradicated and everyone else in big government is doing fine let's keep going uh, uk inflation could top 22% as energy prices soar goldman sachs warns uk inflation could hit 22.4% next year if energy prices continue their upward spiral spiral it comes after british households were hit with a projected 80% increase in their energy bills in the coming months 80%. So that's what's going on in the UK right now. That's a little bit of what's going on in Germany. And so many scholars and scientists have warned about the repercussion. Even Elon Musk himself came out and said, yeah, you know, I'm one of the biggest creators of electronic vehicles, but we need oil and gas. You can't just cut off our oil and gas supply. That's not how things work. Our society is dependent on it. And if you stop that flow, we will degrade and we will decline. Remember what happened with Sri Lanka, Okay, They had one of the highest ESG scores for the World Economic Forum. Their entire society collapsed because they followed the playbook for the World Economic Forum. And uh, yeah, they collapsed. That was one of the many reasons that they did. And so we're continuously fed this lie about climate change and the fear mongering around how we need to eat the bugs, we need to lower energy consumptions, we need to drive electric vehicles, we need to use wind now for cargo ships, because we just can't keep polluting the earth. Again, one of the biggest solutions per the climate change crowd, is that we all need to be eating bugs and we're seeing more and more stories like this one come out. The world's largest cricket production facility is officially complete. Aspire Food Group's new plant in London, Ontario, is ready to produce 9,000 metric tons of crickets annually for human and pet consumption. So we are constantly fed these ludicrous solutions to a problem that is being exasperated and like uh, exaggerated, okay? not exasperated, exaggerated. My apologies there. I feel exhausted having to speak about this issue and having to watch the same Democrats that cry about climate change, buying beachfront property all the time and flying around on their private jets, AKA John Kerry. He literally took a private jet to go pick up a climate award. I mean, is that another Babylon B prophecy? Most likely because it's that satirical, but no, that's just our modern day. So one of these solutions is everybody eating bugs, right? Because we need to stop meat consumption because that's polluting the earth. Well, let's look into what eating bugs does to the human body. I found this clip uh, regarding how humans consume and digest bugs and if they're really good for us or not. Let's listen to the realities of one of these ridiculous climate change solutions that we don't need to be subscribing to and that are not actually going to help humanity as a whole. Let's watch.
5: It's been shown contain a substance called chitin. There's a meme going around. You sort of see this stuff and you think, oh, is this fear mongering? Is this true? But I've looked into it and it's actually true, folks. There's a lot of evidence that insects contain chitins. Chitins are very, very bad for humans. Chitins cause all sorts of problems: asthma, respiratory problems, all, all the things we're seeing from the jab. It also causes this thing called glioblastoma, which is a spinal cancer, it comes from chitins. And chitins cannot be cooked out of insects. There's no processing that will take these substances out of the insects. When you eat the insects, you are eating chitins. Chitins cannot be processed by the human body. You know, we don't eat insects, folks. You know, birds, chickens, lizards, reptiles, these things eat insects. Fish eat insects. We don't eat insects. We don't have the digestive system to be able to process certain things that are found in insects, such as chitins. Like I said, they can't be processed out. They cannot be cooked out. They're always there.
0: So there's a little bit of an idea of what eating bugs is going to do to the human body. It's not good for us, just like not eating red meat is not good for us. Just like, you know, the government waged a war against butter and animal fats, saying they weren't good for us, and then started feeding the population seed oils, which were actually carcinogenic and bad for us. So we see that this is a multifaceted issue, right, where the government is trying to poison our food and water supply. They're trying to sell us This fear propaganda that we're all going to explode into a green mist or a blue mist, I can't remember which one it was, that was an article from back in the 80s or 90s about how climate change was getting so severe that everybody was just going to die and, you know, spontaneously combust because it was going to get so hot because we were going to have a hole in our ozone layer. Climate propagandists have been pushing this fear for years. But the real... The real fear that should be in everybody's hearts and minds is not properly feeding your body, is not properly living the life that God intended you to live in nature, eating red meat, enjoying life in a big house with your big family, not being afraid of, to have children because of climate change, not being afraid to drive a car because of climate change, and risking the entire energy grid of your entire state so that everybody is driving electric vehicles that they ultimately will not be able to charge. Also, just to highlight again how ridiculous the fearmongering. Regarding COVID uh climate changes, not COVID change, even though that changes every single month, climate change new greenland ice sheet gained seven gigatons of mass in just one day yesterday the largest daily gain ever recorded during the summer so we have ice sheets in greenland gaining gigatons of mass in the middle of the summer but are the climate change hysterics going to focus in on that no when it gets hot in the summer they freak out and they're like oh my gosh it's like 100 degrees and it's july this has never happened for in the history of of the world. Like last year, it was only 99 degrees, but this year it's a hundred. And the year before that, I mean, it was also a hundred, but you know, we thought that because we we helped climate change last year, it went down, but now it's going back up and this has never happened before. It's just so ridiculous. Like I can't even pretend to be as dumb as your average climate change hysteric because their, their mindset And the thought process and the psychological cartwheels that they are continuously having to take to explain their hysteria makes absolutely no sense. And again, we are not going to see this type of story being pushed out by the people who perpetuate this hysteria because it would basically counter everything that they say. Now, I also saw um, this screenshot, and this is apparently a test bank for a global studies uh, bank taking the pejorative science denial and gaslighting students into thinking it is an actual academic term so they can fall in line and not question the science. Um, this is from one of the people that I follow on ins- or on Twitter, and it basically shows a screenshot. Chapter three, science and technology. It's a multiple choice question, and it says, which of the following is an example of science denial? Number one, arguing that Darwin's theory of evolution is no more than a theory. Number two, resistance to vaccinations. Number three, calling climate change a hoax or number four, all of the above? And the answer to this question was D, because if you don't want to get an experimental vaccine that doesn't work and is going to potentially cause you life altering side effects or kill you, you're a science denier. If you don't believe in climate change and you think it's a hoax, you're a science denier. If you don't believe in evolution and that we were all just, you know, put here randomly and spontaneously, that we don't have a greater purpose, that we are not Children of a divine God, then you're a science denier and you're crazy and uh, that type of political opposition needs to be silenced. And it's a good thing that we made you dependent on the government energy grid by putting you in electric vehicle. So now you can't go anywhere and your uh, transportation has been hindered based on the government's whims. It's a good thing that, you know, the government did that and also disarmed you so that way you can't fight back against this absolute nonsense. And just, again, cherry on top of this cake, too, uh, eBay is now locking the accounts of users who sell over $600 worth of products until they submit their Social Security number for IRS reporting. Because there's just another example of how the government is trying to come in and encroach on every single Aspect of your life, whether it's your money, whether it's your energy supply, whether it's the food that you're eating and the water that you're drinking, they're trying to have complete and utter control so we can all live under a one world government and we can all be more easily controlled and subservient to these psychopathic authoritarian dictators that are currently in office, not just in America, but worldwide. Now let's talk about the border a little bit and some more COVID hypocrisy. Because, yes, we talk about it all the time, but still important to highlight. So I played this clip for you guys last show about Karine Jean-Pierre basically talking about how, well, it's different when we... Ban Novak Djokovic from attending the U.S. Open because he's unvaccinated. From unvaccinated illegal immigrants flooding our border. So that's what that clip was in uh, relation to. So Karine Jean Pierre has put out not one but two egregiously false statements this week, and The the first one was that, uh, yeah, it's not like migrants are just walking across the border, right? Like that's 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 not happening. And because this statement is so ridiculous to anybody who has been paying attention, like I I want you to listen to Karine Jean-Pierre herself say it. And she even laughs at the end because she knows like, ah, damn, yeah, I'm an idiot. I shouldn't have said that. Either that or she's laughing because she's that ignorant regarding the border and she should just step down at this point because she's so unqualified for this position and that's why you don't have a diversity hire. Literally her qualifications are being a black lesbian. That's it. And that's why she's so horrible at her job. Listen to her rhetoric regarding what's going on at our southern border. Life expectancy
2: are going down uh, at a rate not seen in a century. And part of that is being driven by drug overdoses. So what is the president going to do?
1: And we We agree. We agree. We see those same numbers as well. But
0: the fact that we are, uh, you know, we are securing the border. Okay, my apologies. So the other clip was the one that we played last show where she basically says, it's not like migrants are just walking across the border. This was her second lie of the week where she said, the Biden administration is securing the border. And if that's not the biggest crock of sugar honey iced tea I ever heard in my life. I actually wrote an entire article for humanevents.com regarding Karine Jean-Pierre's lines because I wanted to combat everything that she was saying. If you guys would like to read the article, the link is down below, but I titled it, I've witnessed the border crisis myself. Biden's lying press secretary should be ashamed. She absolutely should because she's a liar and she is either that ignorant regarding one of the most devastating issues our country is currently facing, the invasion of our southern border the collapse of american sovereignty the collapse of our border she's either that ignorant about it or she is covering up and lying to the american people when her literal only job is to tell americans the truth she needs to step down because she's unqualified and she's a freaking joke and just to highlight how much of a joke she is the uh, border chief in florida In a sworn testimony stated that the southern border is currently in a crisis. As part of ongoing litigation against the Biden administration, Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody continues to uncover what she calls damning evidence about the consequences stemming from Biden administration policies changing federal immigration laws. So the chief deputy of the U.S. Border Patrol was Chief Raul Ortiz, who testified under oath that the Biden administration purposely reduced U.S. immigration and custom enforcement's detention capacity and changed the removal process of people illegally in the United States. So to Corrine Jean-Pierre, maybe you should try actually listening to a border patrol chief for once. Maybe you should actually go to the border. Oh wait, Kamala Harris, our border czar, has never even stepped foot near the border. Let's listen to the reality of what is going on under Joe Biden. Keep in mind as well, Fair just came out with their own analysis, saying that since Joe Biden has taken office 18 months ago, 4.9 million illegal immigrants have crossed our border. 900,000 of those are Godways, meaning they were not apprehended by Border Patrol. And oftentimes if people don't want to be apprehended by Border Patrol, it's because they have a previous criminal record. They've had criminal offenses. They're with MS-13. They're drug smugglers. They're not good people. 900,000 of these illegal immigrants who openly walk into our border every single day. 900,000 of them are Godways. Again, if you would like to read that article and you would like a real blunt understanding of what is happening at the border that I've seen with my own two eyes, please click that link below, share that article, and let's listen to U.S. Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz talk to us about what's happening.
2: Would you agree, Chief Ortiz, that the Southern border is currently in crisis? Objection. Yes. Would you agree, Chief Ortiz, that unprecedented numbers of aliens are illegally entering the United States? Right now. Objection. Yes. When President Biden was elected, did the number of aliens trying to illegally enter the United States increase or decrease? Objection. Increase. From your 31 years of experience, has the Border Patrol in a year ever had the number of encounters that it's going to have in 2022? Objection. No. Is the crisis that is currently ongoing at the southern border uh, making the border less safe for Americans and aliens alike objection yes since President Biden was elected does this document indicate that aliens illegally entering the United States perceive that they will be able to enter and remain in the United States objection yes
0: So there is a small excerpt from a two-minute clip of Border Patrol telling the truth of Joe Biden's border policy. And just, you know, to show you guys physically, my friend Jorge Ventura, who works for the Daily Caller, is currently in Yuma, Arizona. And for my podcast listeners, what you guys are seeing is B-roll of hundreds of people crossing into the United States. And this is a nightly occurrence. I have gone to Yuma myself, and I have seen the exact same thing. The border is wide open over there. And uh, Governor... I believe his name is Doug Ducey of Arizona, put up some shipping containers to try to block gaps in the border that did absolutely nothing. As you guys can see, you have groups and groups of illegal immigrants coming in every single night undeterred into the Cocopa Reservation. Now, the border crisis is getting so bad that Greg Abbott is now sending buses of migrants not only to New York and Washington, D.C., but to Chicago as well. Per Fox News, Texas sends buses of migrants to Chicago for the first time dropped off at a train station. Now, while I don't agree with busing illegal immigrants further into the U.S., at the same time, they're going to go to these sanctuary cities anyway, and of course, we've seen you know, Mayor Muriel Bowser of D.C. and Eric Adams of New York cry and scream about how the illegal immigrants are overrunning their homeless shelters. Yeah, what the hell did you think was going to happen if you opened America for business and then you declared yourself a sanctuary city? These people are idiots. Now, let's touch on COVID before we uh, get into one of the I mean, all of these issues are important. They're all equally important. But uh, again, the attack on our children and the truth about transition surgery for kids, um, we're going to end the show with that. But first, let's do a quick news blitz regarding COVID. Uh, From the post-millennial, this just broke. Biden administration held weekly censorship meetings with social media giants to suppress COVID and vaccine speech. Surprise, surprise to nobody. Federal officials in the Biden administration secretly conspired and communicated with social media companies to censor and suppress Americans' private speech this is revealed in a new lawsuit brought in a joint effort by the newest civil liberties alliance the attorney general of missouri and the attorney general of louisiana against the president of the united states the suit is brought under the first amendment right to freedom of speech the lawsuit seeks to identify among other things all meetings with any social media platform relating to content modulation and or misinformation the discovery shows that there was a recurring meeting usually entitled USG industry meeting, which has generally had a monthly cadence and is between government agencies and private industry. Government participants have included CISA's election security and resilience team, DHS's Office of Intelligence and Analysis, the FBI's Foreign Influence Task Force. Uh, it goes on and on. Industry participants have included Google, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, Microsoft, Horizon, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and Wikimedia Foundations. The topics discussed include, but are not limited to, information sharing, Around election risks, briefs from industry, threat updates, and highlights and upcoming watchouts. So this basically goes on to talk about the suppression of speech, how they've tried to suppress the truth about COVID and the vaccine. That is from the post-millennial. I would highly encourage you guys to go to their website and go check that article out now. And um, while all of that truth was being suppressed by big tech companies, remember that YouTube quietly backtracked on their own COVID policies, and you can now say that masks don't work and that. The vaccine was ineffective, essentially. When all of that was suppressed, there were still people who were getting the vaccine and we're continuing to see stories like this one every single day. Junior hockey team's captain dies during tournament in southern Ontario. This was a 19-year-old athlete who died suddenly, and we have seen the increased rate of unknown deaths. Um, I believe Israel's rate of death right now as well very high. I'll be going into that study in our next show. Israel, one of the most vaccinated countries in the world. So we are seeing the repercussions of pushing an experimental vaccination on the population. And uh, of course, (laughs) it's so sad to see, but um, they're coming out with the new COVID booster and uh, basically Pfizer conducted studies on eight mice, no human tests were conducted before releasing this to the public. Uh, It's just studies on eight mice. And they are now going to be releasing this new booster for the COVID BA5, whatever variant. And the reason why they didn't test it on humans is because you are the test. And it's like, I don't even need to repeat this because we've already lived through it. We've already lived through the lies. We've already lived through the propaganda. And now the truth is coming out. um, Like how Ivermectin is now showing up on the NIH website for treating COVID. Even after Dr. Fauci, after our media, after our entire government demonized this effective medication. Remember that Dr. Peter McCullough, that Dr. Robert Malone. They were all of these doctors, the uh, frontline doctors of America were coming forward and saying, hey, these are preventative treatments that could keep people off of ventilators when they get COVID-19. And what did our government do? They demonized those protocols, they demonized these treatments because they wanted people to be put on ventilators and they wanted people to be intubated in hospitals because the hospitals got a bigger payout for it. You might not remember that, but I sure do. And I'm going to keep repeating it forever so you guys always remember as well. Now, let's talk about face masks a little bit as well. Um, This is a study that's making the rounds. It's from back in February of this year. Titanium dioxide particles frequently present in face masks intended for general use require regulatory control. And why is that? It's because titanium dioxide is a suspected human carcinogen when inhaled fiber grade nanoparticles were demonstrated in synthetic textile fibers of face masks intended for the general public. So there were carcinogenic particles that you were breathing in in your face mask. And yes, did Alex Jones and many other people try to warn you and then get immediately censored and silenced because of it? Of course. Of course. But just keep in mind. That the government just did that because they care about your health and longevity so much that they forced you to breathe in carcinogenic particles for two years wearing a face mask that didn't work. And for some reason, Berkeley is now going to be requiring students who have not received their flu shot to wear a mask. And we warned so many people I myself warned my fellow man that if you do not stand up to this COVID insanity, if you don't stand up to the lockdowns, if you don't stand up to not wearing a face mask, if you don't stand up and say no to the vaccine, that this will never end. And this is the perfect example of that. Berkeley now saying, if you don't have your flu shot, we're going to make you mask up. It's absolutely freaking ridiculous. And now into our education system we go. Let's take a peek at how our children are being targeted every single day. And the solution to this is parents getting active, parents taking control of their child's education, mothers raising their own children and not allowing the state to do it because the state is indoctrinating your child, confusing them and trying to get them to mutilate their bodies via the Yale PG- pediatric gender program. So this is... um one of the women who treats kids as young as three in the Yale Pediatric Gender Program. Listen. I'm a clinical psychologist by training and I am the director of the Yale Gender Program, which is an interdisciplinary program working with gender expansive individuals, three to 25, and their families. We um, help individuals who are questioning their gender identity or who identify as transgender or non-binary. We help them with their gender journey. Um, So I just wanted to, I don't want to listen to this woman anymore because she's just, I couldn't fathom confusing a three-year-old child to the point where I convinced them that they were the opposite gender of what they are and then got their parents on board to mutilate them. It is abhorrent it is heartbreaking it is shocking it is disgusting what is happening to our children and as a society we always all agreed that children were a protected class that we needed to protect children but now we have scientists and doctors like Dr. Scott Moser who has performed over 2,000 top surgeries on girls and women and says there is no age limit for beginning the gender journey. Matt Walsh brought attention to this. He says Dr. Scott Moser says that he has removed the breasts of 13-year-old girls and would happily do it to 12-year-olds as well. The Postmillennial writes this article, scientific journals confirm gender-affirming hy- hysterectomies are performed on American children. The youngest transsexual patient in this series was 15 years old and post-pubertal and has been taking testosterone for two years, reads the paper's discussion section. Scientific journals documenting procedures and practices regarding healthcare for trans individuals shows that gender affirming hysterectomies are being performed on minors in the U.S. As reports have recently surfaced that children's hospitals across the country are willing to perform these surgeries for minors and promote the practice many media outlets have said is false. So the Boston Children's Hospital, the Yale Pediatric Gender Program, promoting this false gender ideology and I was thinking about my own response to if I ever did meet a transgender person and it would genuinely be that I'm not going to adhere to what you what you identify as right because I've been asked this I've gone and I've infiltrated Antifa and they've asked me what do you identify as and then you just pick some crazy pronoun you can make anything up really and they'll go along with it but we need to as a society When somebody asks, what are your pronouns or what do you identify as? Here's me bringing solutions to you guys is say, I don't identify as anything because I'm a woman and I don't need to identify as a woman because I'm biologically a woman and you can see that I'm a woman. Identity and what you identify as is fake and it's a made up la la land in your head and I'm not adhering to it because I love you and because your own parents refused to smack you back into reality. I'm going to go ahead and be loving enough not to adhere to your mental illness and adhere to what you identify as. You're either a man or a woman. And no, you cannot pick one or the other. You are born a male. You are born a female. It's not one or the other. What do you identify as? No, a man cannot be a woman. A woman cannot be a man. And the fact that we are targeting children now in our society, the fact that we have relabeled pedophile as maps, minor attracted person to make child predators feel better shows how much we have degraded. So my solution to everybody listening is to get loud, get vocal and stand up for the kids because kids are very easily influenced. They're easily targeted and they cannot stand up for themselves. So parents, you need to have a very serious discussion with your child. And if your child is confronted by their teacher and asked what they identify as, ask what their pronouns are, you need to tell your child that that is a red flag and they need to tell you immediately if their teacher says anything like that to them and that that is a dangerous thing. And that child needs to get away from that teacher as soon as as possible because we are living in a society with teachers who are trying to normalize this type of thing, learning to feel at home in my fat trans body. This is the screenshot of some op-ed from some excuse for a publication. And it's a picture of a trans person who is overweight. This is, I'm going to say, you know, I don't know what this person is. They're morbidly obese and they look like a female that is transitioning into a male because that facial hair does not look natural, but also because of the obesity, I really can't tell the difference. Our society is trying to push this as normal, right? And the obesity as well, the obesity factors, this is, it also comes into play because this just goes into how our entire society is trying to normalize our bodies being not malnourished what's the opposite of that obese nourished improperly we are not taught as a a society how to take care of our body mentally and physically and instead of helping these people who clearly need help we are instead trying to capitulate to their mental illness and more and more stories of transgender people who decided to detransition Because they severely regret getting this life-altering surgery or coming out. And do you think the media is covering that? No. What is happening is the transgender community is targeting these types of individuals and silencing them. This is a three minute clip, but we are going to listen to it in its entirety because it's extremely important to understand the realities of transgender surgery, not only for children, but for adults. because keep in mind, remember Demi Lovato just came out and said, "Oh yeah, actually I'm a she-her again." Why? Because these people just go whichever way the wind blows and oftentimes they will grow out of the phase that is transgenderism because it's popular for kids right now. And so if grown adults can't even fight back against this propaganda, it's tenfold for the kids, right? It's 10 times more effective on the kids. Because if you get them while they're young, if you get them while they're still malleable, if you get them while they're still easy to indoctrinate, they're going to grow up thinking this is normal. And they're going to grow up thinking, maybe I was a boy this whole time. And even though I don't feel right, and even though I'm sad that... I'm going to read this Reddit post to you here that says, I can't live like this anymore. And I don't even... And I don't want my mom to suffer even more, so I can't kill myself, basically. I'm just going to read you the top excerpt. It says, I'm a 17-year-old girl with a flat chest, a deep voice, a visible Adam's apple, and some facial hair. There's no reason for me to continue to live. I destroyed my life, and I feel like all hope I have is stupid for me to have. I don't think any person will ever want to date me. Basically going on to say how they feel like a freak. They don't feel comfortable in their own body. And these types of stories go underreported. And... This is why it's important for us to highlight it. And this is why it's important for us to teach our kids to look out for these red flags and not be indoctrinated by these people or else this is how they will end up. This is a heartbreaking story. We're going to listen to all of it because it's extremely important. Uh, let's listen.
1: If in the last few years of my life and I realized it's been a complete hell. My life has just swam down the hill ever since I had so-called bottom surgery, trying to be a woman. And I regret it, I regret it 100%, I regret to <clears throat> that I ever thought I was trans, that I ever saw I could be a woman, you know, and I wish I could go back and not have any surgeries or medical transition or take any hormones, to be honest, like, this transition has costed me so much of my health both mental and physical, as well as certain relationships in my family. Uh, It costed me job opportunities. It costed me a career that I could have had. I don't know if you guys know it, but I do have like two master's degrees and I'm a CPA. And honestly, like this whole transition and my whole like (laughs) trying to be a woman thing completely derailed my life. And um, right now I have osteoporosis. Scoliosis. I have a lump in my breast, I have one inch vagina, and uh, yeah, so it's like I have no sex drive. I'm trying to do the transition, I'm taking testosterone injection at this point, but I can't grow any facial hair, like nothing is happening. I mean, obviously I still like wearing makeup and stuff, but makeup and hair does not make a woman, so... I've been so delusional for all these years and I just wish my family and friends weren't so supportive of my transition, you know, and I wish they sat me down and talked to me and said like, are you sure is what you want to do? Maybe you'll grow out of this. I have so much to say (laughs) and all the things that I say are not going to be like, perceived well by trans community, but I don't care. I'm leaving trans community. At this point, I identify as non-binary person. Any pronoun is fine. If you see me as a man, that's fine. You can call me he. If you see me as a woman, you shouldn't. I'm not a woman. I thought I was one, but I'm not. And, um, sorry, like, honestly, I just don't know what else to say and (laughs) I know some of you guys thought I was trans and you guys looked up to me maybe and like but I've made a huge mistake that I cannot take back
0: so we'll end it there it goes on for about 45 more seconds but I think you get the basic message there and this is an adult okay she or he this person is not a child this is an adult who can't, who's coming out and saying, I regret my decision and my life is ruined and permanently altered forever. The health effects that come as a side effect, basically, of chemically altering your body is something that is underreported on. And you think that our media would highlight this type of issue for other people who are thinking about transitioning so they have a full scope and understanding of what they're about to do. No, of course, our media would not do that. Our media instead, Time Magazine, most notably, coming out and adhering to this mental illness and prescribing to it, basically. Time says, they spoke to genderqueer author and illustrator Maya Kobabi. (laughs) And I'm going to try to read this for you. But this is, again, the manipulation of our language. the pronouns of this person are ear. So this is what Time Magazine on their official Twitter account wrote. They spoke about ear work, the efforts to restrict access to ear writing and what A make of the current cultural movement. This is mental illness. The only person who could read this and understand it is a mentally ill person. And of course the ratio on this tweet is a great example of what the masses truly do think about These types of pronouns, transgenderism as a whole, and this mental illness. People do not want to prescribe to this notion. People do not want their language changed. Many people are silent about it because they are afraid to be called bigots or hateful. But guess what? You need to draw a hard line in the sand and you need to stop being afraid of what other people think about you and stand up for the innocent children who are being targeted by people just like this. Because this, that looks like a woman to me. This woman's illustrations, yeah, you remember, you remember this book for children that was talking about masturbation that is showing fellatio. And again, this is a book targeted for children. This is the person that Time magazine is propping up and changing and manipulating their language for to adhere to this person's mental illness. Time magazine just used ear a pronouns this is from gays against groomers unreal can anyone at time even tell us what those mean no seriously fill us in because we have absolutely no idea because it isn't real also here are some pictures of the book available in school libraries across the country so this is the type of propaganda the type of curriculum the type of ideology that time magazine wants pushed on your children ten dollar bullet vibrator and gay sex Uh, Keep in mind that a uh, let me see if I have this up. I don't think I do. But in Virginia, a judge just ruled that, yeah, kids can have access to this, that, uh, you know, they don't even need their parents consent for access to this type of book. Um, I have the article right here. One moment. Virginia Beach judge decides parental permission will not be required to buy two sexually explicit books. I don't know if this book specifically is one of those, but this just goes to show you the attack on parents raising their own children, the attack and targeting of our children so far as to the point where if you are a Christian teacher or you're a teacher who just wants to... I don't know, maybe teach a child and not indoctrinate them. You're not going to get hired. This comes from uh, the GPS district assistant principal, Project Veritas, putting out a bombshell of a report regarding what is going on at our schools. Let's listen to this. And they actually, right before I did this show, they put out another undercover video from a school in New York this one in i can't remember which city this is in uh George, james o'keefe will say it in the video but this is what's happening in our schools it's getting so bad that teachers are now being religiously discriminated against and not being allowed to teach children essentially if they don't adhere to the right political ideology and why is that because they want your children indoctrinated let's listen so then what do you do with the catholics if you find out someone is Catholic, so, have you found like that certain religions tend to be more wrangling?
2: Huge, religion. probably What you're about to see is one assistant principal in charge of 360 students.
0: If people knew that you like didn't hire
1: conservatives, though, do you think they would be pissed or like? I'm not allowed to ask they're, yeah, they're not
2: allowed to ask me. So it just comes down to questions. need younger, but if they're older, I'm not allowed to do that. I,
3: I can't tell them I'm not interviewing you because you're older. I just don't interview. Sometimes you'll lead you The more set your ways, the more conservative you get. I can't get past the parents anymore. So because I can't get past the parents, do I really have as much of an influence on the kids as I want? I try in my own way, but right now my job is to hire the right teachers. Teaching them how to think. That's it doesn't matter what they think about it. If
0: they think about it in a logical, way, that becomes their own. Like, so you kind of, like, do it on to think in a more liberal way. So there's the assistant principal of Cos Elementary, a school in Connecticut. That's where he was from basically saying, yeah, we are telling kids how to think they need to think in a more progressive and liberal way. And that is why we see it more and more uh, tweets like this one coming out from parents. My six-year-old grandson is learning about gender fluidity and transgenders in first grade. He's having a rough time adjusting to the school year. It is in the curriculum. We are all upset, trying to figure out what to do. I cannot begin to tell you how wrong and damaging this is. Why? Why? Because this is the controlled demolition, destruction, and targeting of children in this country and destruction of our country and traditional morals as a whole. We need to stand up as a society. And I was, I was thinking about this earlier too. And I thought about how We no longer have a sense of community anymore. You know, back in the day, everybody would know their neighbors. They would know their local grocer. They would know the guy at the gas pump. Everybody had a sense of community and they all shared that sense of security and they all stood together and they all knew each other, right? We don't have that anymore in the modern day. We don't have community, which is why everybody feels so alone, so isolated, and why it is so much easier for a government to come in and basically educate your child to grow up and be the subservient, transgender, perfect, bug-eating, electric car-driving citizen that they would need in order to Basically take over, right? And again, implement that one world government. They do not want free thinkers. They do not want people using their brains, using common sense, utilizing traditions, morals, values. They don't want a society that has all of these things instilled in it because if they had such society, then such society would be pushing back against the intense corruption that we are seeing every single day. I've said it before and I'll say it again, that the reason why the government wants us fat, angry, upset, racially divided, they want our kids on hormones and confused about their gender is because a divided and confused society is an easily controlled society. So if you want a solution to the issue, the solution is to wake up, get informed, and Find a sense of community. Go talk to your neighbor. Go talk to your local grocer. Go meet people within your community and stand up for it and take your community back. If it has been overtaken by liberals, if it has been overtaken by people with a dangerous political ideology, dangerous to the point where they're targeting your children and confusing them to get mutilation, surgery done to them, then you need to go and you need to stand up for your community and you need to go and stand up for the truth. So there's your solution. My name is Savannah Hernandez. This has been another episode of Rapid fire thank you so much for tuning in again if you like the show please go leave a five-star review on apple Podcasts. it helps us grow in the charts and i read every single one of your reviews the good and the bad and for those of you who leave me bad reviews and mean comments i absolutely love them because the criticism just makes me better so thank you to my last critic i think this is one of the best shows that i've done because we talked solutions instead of just problems thanks for tuning in